Hey everybody, welcome to Geeky Dads, talking about geeky things. I'm JJ Johnson and joining me tonight is Ted Ashley. Ted, welcome to the show, dude. Hey, great, great to be here, JJ. All right, so Ted, tonight you and I are going to be talking about one of our favorite things that we've been doing over the past, watching over the past few weeks, and that is Bad Batch Season 2, man. Yes! I am so excited. All right, so... All right, now I love some of the stuff that Disney has been doing with what they've been putting out on Disney Plus. Um, I actually rank, you know, obviously my my top favorite one I think is Andor right now. Yeah, and then I I think I got to put Bad Batch right there at number two. I would even put it slightly ahead of the Mandalorian. I, I, I would like, I would as well. I think it's. I, I know that's cursing for some people, but <laughs> I I love what they're doing with this uh, with the world building in both Andor and, and and they're starting to bring that into the Mandalorian as well. They're starting to bring some of that world building into the uh, Mandalorian, which I absolutely love. So tonight we're just gonna, folks. There will be spoilers on this. All right, make no mistake. There will be spoilers. So if you have not watched Bad Batch season two, don't listen. Or if you don't care about spoilers, which I don't really care about spoilers sometimes, unless it's a good book, then keep on listening, folks, because we're going to dive deep into The Bad Batch Season 2. All right, so let's just do this real quick before we kind of get into the overarch story arc of The Bad Batch, because here's the deal. Number one, these episodes are kind of set up where they're very episodic. You, they're they're sort of standalone episodes in a way, sort of standalone missions, that type of thing. But there's this overarching arc that is going through the entire season. So the best way to do this is let's just break it down. Let's uh, let's talk about our three favorite episodes, and then we're going to get into the major story arc. And I'm interested in hearing your thoughts on what is going on, especially. The very, very last scene. <laughs> yes. Yes. I know I, exactly what you're talking about. I sat there. My boys hadn't seen it yet. We watched it just now. And they're just like, uh, what? Yeah. Blown away. All yep. right. Blown yep. away. I got gotcha. you. Reminds me, of, reminds me of Empire of the Strikes Back moments. All right. So yes. here very we go. So. Let's go over your, our top three. Why don't you give me your top three, and then we'll do my top three. We'll just do your top three, and then do my top three. We won't go back and forth. What are your top three? All right. Well, um, I got I got to make an honorable mention for the one that just 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 missed just missed the list here, which was the crossing. Um, love the character development between Omega, uh, the the female clone, the the younger female clone, and Tech, who is like this real techie he's their technological expert and doesn't really process emotions well but just love the character development that we saw in that episode but it didn't quite make the list that, that was the last kind of the last cut mm. so my uh my number three was would have to be truth and consequences and really you can't talk about truth and consequences without talking a little bit about clone conspiracy because it's kind of a two-parter um but I just I love when the Bad Batch kind of connects to that to the wider galaxy story that's going on right now, and and really this this one really ties into all of the different themes that that it had to, going on. You know that that idea of what happens when you fulfilled your purpose. The clones have fulfilled their purpose. So where do they 
where do they kind of go from here? And it was also interesting. I don't know if you noticed, but throughout this season, there were so many callbacks in each episode. Like an episode was like, there were a lot of Raiders of the Lost Ark callbacks. This episode, there were a lot of like alien callbacks. Mm-hmm. And this particular episode had a lot of callbacks to a movie that you may be familiar with called All the President's Men. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. I mean, even having one character go, follow the money. I mean, like, to that level of, of detail. So, and then yeah, we go I, back. Yeah, I mean, no, go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead. No. I was going to say, um, you know, we kind of start out back in the um, – the bar there club, you know, club 79, where the, the conspiracy arc from the clone wars kind of happened where they uncovered order 66 and he had fives and he, you know, he uncovered order 66. And then that kind of led to Ahsoka being able to help Rex toward the end of season seven there. And we kind of start there with this, with the, with this other conspiracy. And it was just so cool to kind of, to kind of go back to club 79 again and I actually think the assassin that we see in that episode, and maybe we'll get into this a little bit later, but I think that's that assassin's a big bit of foreshadowing for for something that'll that'll happen later on. But um, mm-hmm. but it was so cool, like seeing uh, Terna Palmo, the senator from Terrace. Um, she shows up later on in um, Rogue One. Uh, she's one of the one of the rebel leaders there. Um, and it was really nice to like see these clones. They're like really conflicted over this idea. Like what Cody says uh, in Solitary Clone, which another episode that I like, ah, how do I cut that? But um, you know, where they're kind of coming to grips with what they did um, at the end of season one. And so it was very, it was very cool to see them kind of wrestling with that. But I also, in, in this episode, we kind of start seeing that, that idea of, of institutions versus, individuals like the empire is much more interested in institutions the banking clan the commerce guild and you also see this this use of of this insurgents like this it's just a catch-all for the disenfranchised which is mainly the outer rim which i don't care what the government is the the outer rim is always full of the disenfranchised and you know the the empire needs enemies it needs a big bad out there it needs fear it's the dark side so it runs on fear and you yeah. know it's that it's that idea. I can't remember who said it, but you know the government that offers you security in exchange for freedom will give you neither, and that's the empire. Um, right, right. And it was really just the the coolest thing about this episode was this is the Bad Batch at their peak. They're doing the covert op. They're getting into the Star Destroyer. They're getting the data, and then they bring it in. It's like we did it. We delivered the evidence because they're trying to show that that the empire actually destroyed Camino uh, in at the end of season one. And then there's Palpatine and he rises up and he's always one step ahead and he He turns their victory, he flips their victory right around to defeat. And I also love how it shows Rampart, like he's just a cog in the machine. Like he was, I thought he was the villain, but it just shows that, that no one, no one is irreplaceable or essential except for the empire, not the clones, not Rampart. You know, and I think this also shows you how people start to lose faith in the Senate. And then we see by the time we get to Andor kind of how that, you know, the, the Senate's basically not functional at that point in, at Andor. Yeah. You know, one of the things, because this uh, Truth and Consequences is actually on my list as well. And what I love about this 
is you're starting to get this sort of like, you know, callbacks to sort of the the concentration type camps in a way where they're like, we're going to just dispose of of the clones. And there's these people over here to the side. They're like, wait a minute. Clones should have rights. And there's others over here saying, no, clones are the property of the empire. And we should be able to do with them whatever we please. And you, there's this deep moral, ethical kind of uh, dilemma that you're faced with where you're, you, you, know, you don't really see what's going on, but they're trying to prove a point that, yes, the Empire did destroy everything. And then all of a sudden, like you said, Palpatine raises up. When Palpatine came into the Senate hearing, I just got goosebumps. I was like, oh, my gosh. And who was it? Was it uh, was it Rampart? Is that? Yeah. Vice Admiral okay, Rampart. So, yes, yes. Okay, so Vice Admiral Rampart. We've been sitting there, like you said, thinking he's this big bad villain. He's taken into custody right there. I mean, he's done. And the problem is he didn't do anything. He just <laughs> followed his orders. But the moment that Palpatine realized that there's sympathy for the clones and that they had delivered the plans, he twisted it on its head in his favor to create what we all know as the Stormtrooper Army, the Empire Stormtrooper Army, and we see how that's created. I also do want to point out that that episode had a ton of callbacks to one particular novel that is phenomenal in my opinion, and that is, of course, Thrawn. Yes. By Timothy Zahn. This trilogy is unbelievable. This is the new Thrawn trilogy. Um, I still prefer the original, but I love the Essential Legends collection. But I, this one right here, there is so much going on that kind of works at the same time in conjunction with some things in Rebels as well. So if you haven't read Thrawn, but you've seen Rebels and you've seen The Bad Batch, you need to go read book one in this new Thrawn trilogy. I highly recommend it. I, w- I would second that recommendation strongly. Okay, so okay, so you that was two. Uh, what was your third one? So um, the next one um, that I had, which also kind of... <coughs> kind of goes in with a lot of the things that you were talking about was the outpost. Hmm. So there were, there were only a couple of crosshair episodes this season, but my goodness, they were some of the very best. And you've got, you've got crosshair who, I mean, he broke from the bad batch to be loyal to the empire. They left him stranded on Camino for a month and he's still loyal to the empire. And that first episode with him in the solitary clone, he stays loyal to the empire and then you see this, you know, you see him in this episode kind of finally reach that breaking point. So in this episode, he's sent off to this ice world of Barton Ford to, re- to retrieve some stolen cargo. And it's that idea again that everyone is expendable and, and Crosshair is finally going to see it. So it's also this idea again of insurgents like. Those families on Desix and the Solitary Clone, those were insurgents. Like, it's just this catch-all term they use. But you meet this guy, and he may be the worst Imperial officer that, that I've seen. Although, I don't know, there's quite a few good candidates for there. But this Lieutenant Nolan, who is just mm-hmm. this, 
he's fresh out of the academy and he's never seen he's never led a mission but he's just an absolute jerk and he can't stand the clones like he like you were saying like he treats them like property even calls them used equipment and there was actually in the clone wars um show there was a, a Jedi named Pong Krell who had a similar disdain for clones. Actually, had the clones fighting each other, which was just crazy. But and you kind of see this again when we get into the Obi Wan show. You see kind of all this because you see that clone and he's you know he's basically begging begging. He's down on his luck. He's like you know you know give me a little bit of money. Um, you know, you kind of see that. But I, I think what this what this episode really got to is crosshairs core fear in that he stays loyal to the empire. And it's, that's always what I was wondering in solitary clone. Like, dude, what's wrong with you? Why are you staying? Mm. Why are you staying loyal? And I think it's because he doesn't know how to be anything other than a soldier and an assassin. Like, if you think about it, like crosshairs, the only member of the bad batch whose genetic enhancements are only useful in wartime, only useful in fighting. Like he's a sniper. He's a really, really good shot. Right, like Wrecker's strength that has uses outside, and Hunter's tracking. So they all, you know, tech's technical ability. They they all have that ability outside of outside of war. But but really, Crosshair's ability doesn't doesn't go beyond that. So, and even you know, even after the attack, the the the, the insurgents attack the base, and Nolan's actually more concerned about stolen equipment than the the clones who perished. And I just love, so the base is commanded by this new clone. Um, he's a reg and his name is Mayday. And I just love Mayday was so cool. And there's all these great moments with Mayday and Crosshair and Mayday is actually able to get, to get to Crosshair because I think Mayday sort of a mirror to Crosshair. You know, he was left on Barton four just so almost as long as Crosshair was left on Camino and, you know, Crosshair doesn't, doesn't want to get, doesn't want to get close to him. And there's this whole metaphor about dead weight in the episode. And I think that's really talking about how crosshair views relationships. And he finally gets Mayfield finally gets crosshair to, to, to talk about clone force 99, just a little bit. I mean, just, just, and then they have that moment where they're just arming the mine and, and crosshair is the sniper. He's always kind of back. And now he's having to put his life in this man's hands. And I love, I love the moment. Like he disarms the mind, but he's not sure. And he's like, yeah, I think that worked, but I'm going to go around the corner here. If I don't hear a boom, I, I'll know you're okay. <laughs> I just love that moment. But it was showing like he's like, you know, we have to improvise because they weren't getting the equipment that they need. And it's showing all these clones are having to adapt. And that's what Crosshair, Crosshair doesn't want to adapt. I mean, clones, the rest of Clone right. Force 99 is adapting, but Crosshair doesn't want to adapt. He wants to stay a soldier. And I love after, you know, so they go and they attack the the the, the insurgent base and they find this this cargo that they've been protecting this whole time is armor for the new human TK, the TK troopers, the, the basically the prototype stormtrooper. And I love the twist that Mayfield puts on. He's like, we were good soldiers. We followed orders that good soldiers follow orders kind yeah. of mantra, you know, and it finally, I finally, you know, crosshair starts to wake up. Like he used to get family from being a soldier. He used to get credit. He used to get, sense of purpose and meaning and now he sees the way that nolan's treating him and is you know and just as he's processing is that the avalanche comes down and you know it buries him and and crosshair stops killing for a moment and and tries to save a life which i thought was a really neat turn for him and then you know they just trudge back to the to the base and nolan's there and nolan 
doesn't even order a medic for Mayday and just lets him die. And that that's it. Crosshair breaks. And I've never been so happy to see a character kill another character. Like out of all the times Crosshair's killed somebody, I'm like, yeah. But this time I was like, yeah, that dude deserved it. You know? Yeah. And it actually, it made me think about something that happened in our own history in the Vietnam War, which was called fragging, where, mm. you know, again, you had these officers who were fresh out of the academy and had never seen combat and they would come in and just be absolute jerks and, you know, lord their power over these, you know, NCOs who had been fighting for months or years and these guys ended up getting like their own soldiers would like roll a frag grenade in and kill them like it was called fragging and i mean it was just a really dark time but it kind of reminded me of that yeah absolutely and i think i think with that episode um when he actually took him out there at the end um i was excited because this entire time they're basically protecting (laughs) stormtrooper and it just shows the disregard that the Empire not only had... Well, two things. It shows the disregard the Empire has for the clones very well. But two, it also shows exactly how ill-equipped um, the Empire really is. And, and Crosshair does come back. I mean, uh, we see him in the, you know, the, the last two episodes. Well, the second to last episode, the summit, for very, very good. And... Mm-hmm. He, he isn't breaking. I mean, he is holding up under pressure and, you know, but there's still that sliver of doubt, you know, where are we left with Crosshair? Because when we last saw Crosshair, he was just lying there and Omega is coming in, talking to him, trying, yep. and, you know, and what's her face comes in and says, you know, he's Amy, being Amy Carr. Yeah. She comes in and, and then she looks at Omega and pretty much you know, <laughs> says, Omega, you, you know, you'll trust them, but you won't trust me. Yeah, I'm your sister. And yeah. that right there blew my mind. But here's another thing about Crosshair, because I want to get into the separate, uh, solitary clone, because that's the other one on my list. Okay. Uh, Crosshair knows what the Empire did. He was there. <laughs> he was there when the order I mean- was given. Yeah, they bombed Camino with him. And he was on he was in Camino, he was in Topoca City as they're bombing it. <laughs> right. And so it's like if anybody has any excuse or justification to turn against the Empire, it is Crosshair, but he is so reluctant because, like you said, even though Hunter and Wrecker and 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 Tech and you know Echo, they're all struggling. Uh, you know, life outside of being a soldier. And, you know, they're they're doing all these missions for Sid. And and by the way, I always knew Sid was gonna stab them in the back. I always knew it. They they uh, heavily they they I would say they almost too heavily uh foreshadowed that. Like I've no, been surprised just, if she didn't. <laughs> yeah, and when they when it showed up there in that last episode and they're in Sid, I was like, she is going to turn on them. And then her behavior, and you're just like, yep. Yep, she's. Oh, gonna, and then she tries to gonna... act so sad about it. Like, yeah, right. Yeah, you know, tries right. to pull but that anyway, Lando. You know, I, I had no choice. I had no choice. You know, well, at least with Lando, I mean, it was like they showed up. I mean, they were there, yeah. and it was Vader, and it was a little different situation. But you know, getting on the solitary clone, you know, he goes on this mission with Cody, and this is where I think Cody and I love Cody, but Cody is starting to like make these little statements. And that scene with him and Cody fighting together to get up to the top of that tower, 
was so well done and yes. how they had each other's back. And then Cody makes that comment right there at the end. He's like, he starts to question, you know, whether the empire is really doing good around the, the galaxy. And, you know, you know, it's just like the questions are there. And, you know, so I, I think that they, they've done a phenomenal job with these small episodes of basically sowing these seeds of doubt. Um, now, the, the, my third favorite episode, because we talked about Truth and Consequences, Solitary Clone, but my third favorite episode, and I had to put it on here, that is The Tribe. Um, oh, yeah. Anytime you give me a Wookiee with a lightsaber, who's <laughs> a, a Padawan, is a Jedi in training, I am going to totally geek out about that. All right? Um, you know, so this one is just, that's it. I mean, that's that's the story, you know? And what's interesting is you kind of you kind of get these little flashbacks of who he is, and uh, he he's he's a Padawan. He, I mean, he's got a lightsaber. He he somehow he he survived. But not only that, but the mission is just getting him back to his home world, getting him back to his home, and that's what the mission becomes. And there's really nothing, not a whole lot of I'd say of the overall story arc in this one really. As much as it is just, you know, it goes to the heart of who Omega is and how much she cares and, you know, and Hunter and them and how much they are adapting to the way she cares, I think is the the influence that she is having on them is is very evident in this episode. And that's why I put it in there. But I absolutely love it. I thought the tribe was was great. Okay, so those are our three favorite episodes. Now let's get into like this overall story arc, which we've we've sort of discussed a little bit. But what are is your prediction about where they're going to go? Because I have, I have a few thoughts on on what I think they're got about to head into. So I think, um, first of all, I think season three, if they don't do season three, we riot. Um, they have to do season three. <laughs> yeah. But especially as, as we got into the last couple episodes, I've come to a, I've come to the conclusion that season one was the New Hope season. And this season was the yeah. Empire Strikes Back season. I mean, there were so many things. The, the, the Lando callback with her, um, with Sid betraying the Bad Batch. And then, you know, there was... It was almost like the the the, the scene with um, Hemlock taken off with with Omega. I mean, it almost looked exactly like when Boba Fett takes off with Han, you know, at at the end of Empire Strikes Back. And it just it just had a very Empire Strikes Back kind of feel to it, especially those last two episodes. And oh, yeah. I think so. I think we're going to kind of get a, a you know a season three that's going to be kind of our Return of the Jedi season. But you know, it it's just. What 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 I think we're seeing here is you're watching the Bad Batch struggle with their place in the universe. You know that idea of you know they fulfilled their purpose, but now they're like you know who are we as clones? Who are we as soldiers? Hunter's really kind of going into the who are we as parents kind of idea, and yeah. then you got Echo kind of asking you know, and I thought I thought especially you know with you bringing up the tribe that you know Echo was like see guys we we can do more, and yeah. you know. So what is the price of inaction against tyranny? Well, and Echo goes off. Yeah. He, he leaves. He, he leaves for probably three or four episodes. And uh, he goes out to help 
clones who are struggling, who are in trouble right? and have been taken prisoner. And so, you know, t- you know, Echo sees this problem. They all see the problem. But Echo's the one that's like, I got to do something. I cannot just stand idly by and right. watch this. Well, I, I mean, got to go help my people. And think about, you know, Echo's history. I mean, he was saved um, by the Bad Batch. Like, he was he was thought to be lost. And the Techno Union had taken him to Skickle Miner and, you know, almost cyborged him. And they basically did cyborg him. And then yeah. it was the Bad Batch that uh, and Anakin Skywalker who rescue him from Skickle Miner. So he knows what it's like to need this team, you know, to save him. And like, he's like, we could be saving other people. And I think that, that his history plays into that a, a huge amount. Plus is his relationship with Rex. Yeah, absolutely. And I think, I think that, that you know, Rex is an interesting character. Uh, here's one thing I, I do love. And, oh, man, we had a special guest show up in that second-to-last episode. Um, Harking all the way back to uh, Clone Wars, um, you know, do you want to reveal it? Oh, um... <laughs> I didn't know if you heard me. <laughs> well, no, I'm just trying to think. I'm like, was that the second to last or the last episode? You're talking about the ones what? planting the bomb. You're talking about Saw. Uh-huh. Saw Guerrero. Saw Guerrero. Yeah. Um, you, you, you know, you know what I love about Saw's character? Because I hate him. But what I love about him is I, I've wanted, and Laura McCurry mentioned this on a on um, a podcast recently. I can't remember which one it was. But this I this idea of you'll hear people say we have to do something. Right. And that's Saw Gerrera. Saw Gerrera exactly. we have to do something. Even if that something isn't looking at the long-term goal, even if that something isn't looking at the meta narrative, even if that something is ultimately going to hurt somebody else. Like we just have to do something. And I love how Saw, Saw's character um, explores that a little bit. Yeah, he does. And he has no, I mean, Okay, and so this is this is where you get into the parts with like with Andor and everything going on there, um, because you sort of have these little factions starting to rise up, and obviously Saw Guerrero is one of the uh, the big ones. Obviously, that's oh, that's out there that we all know about, and he, I, I'd say he's always he's always the extreme example. All right, um, you know, there's you know. To him, it's a casualty of war, and 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 that's just the way it is. Where with the Bad Batch, what are their weapons always set on? Stun. As long as they're fighting clones, yeah. As long as they're fighting clones, they're set on stun. Uh, stun. Now in the summit, they were not set on uh, stun because they weren't fighting clones. They were fighting stormtroopers. Yeah. And, and I think, and I noticed that, and I, I saw the distinction. Um, now they would they still, still see the clones old. as their brothers, right? Right, and so um, I I noticed that, and I, I I I saw the distinction. But Saul is not the type that would care. No, uh, Saul's the type that would honestly go out there. And here here's what I like about both Andor and the Bad Batch, and and this is where I think I think Lucasfilm is starting to find their rhythm. And you're starting to see this a little bit in The Mandalorian now. 
is they're beginning to take these street level characters who we would just assume are just side characters. And we talked about this in our, our, our Andor episode. You know, a lot of these people that we thought were just side characters, they ended up being the heroes. And they are showing through these side characters exactly why everybody in the galaxy hates the Empire so much and why there's this bitterness starting to build. Yes. Uh, because you just can't go about your day-to-day business and day-to-day life and then you, you find out one one second, wait a minute, I'm an enemy of the empire. And You're they're an trying insurgent. to wait. I'm trying to they're trying to wipe out my entire bloodline or something like that. <laughs> I mean, it is it, and you you also see you know with, with Tarkin, uh you see a lot of dark side with Tarkin because you notice like, well, he we, didn't have any clones around him, they were all TK. They were he does all not trust the clones. No, he does not, and he and I and I noticed that right away. But he had no even with the stormtroopers when they were on the rail card, and they're like, "Well, we might shoot our own guys. We have our own men out there." He goes, "I know, shoot them down." Yep, <laughs> no regard, no regard, because right. the empire is going to protect the empire, regardless. Institutions, yep, exactly, and. And I, I and I think that's that's true of a lot of governments in history. I think that's exactly accurate um, that government exists to protect itself. Mm-hmm. Um, but at the end of the day, I mean, what we're seeing here is not just basic world building. We're seeing world building done on a little bit different level than I think we've seen it because we're seeing it from the perspective of of characters we would never thought about in the past. And we saw hints of it in the first season, but the first season was about them going on the run. This season is just about them surviving. And then you get this overarching story arc of, wait a minute, people want to just eliminate the clones because the clones are just, they're just property. Like we can take them out and euthanize them or something. Yeah. I mean, the, the, the clones are like, they're, you know, I mean, Nolan really exemplifies that more than anyone else. They're, they're equipment to him. They're not, they're not people, you know, mm-hmm. and, and he just, and he doesn't even want them touch. Like he slips on the ice. He doesn't even want them touching him. Like he just has such a disdain for them. I know. And, and, and the thing is, is that, you know, they were so loyal and oh yeah, I mean the loyalty and the good, you know, like you said a while ago, good soldiers follow orders, and they followed yep. orders. They followed orders. I mean, all these orders that were programmed into them. And I don't know. I think, you know, this is one of those where, I, you know, I think people need to watch. They need to watch Rebels. They need to watch Andor. They need to watch Bad Batch. They need to read the first Thrawn book because yes. those areas will open up your eyes to so much going on right now in the universe of star Wars and And so much that's coming. Yeah. (laughs) So much that's coming too. And so, uh, and you know, I know obviously the Mandalorian folks. Okay. I'm not, I'm not forgetting the Mandalorian, but the Mandalorian set, you know, way past this a little bit. So it's a little bit different time frame. Those others are all sort of set within just a, a random, a, that certain period right there together. So um, we're getting a lot of world building right after order 66 happened. Oh yeah. And, you know, and 
you know, everything that happened in episode three, we're starting to get a lot of world building. And I, I love it because it's showing the rise of the empire in a way that we hadn't thought about in the past. Yeah. We, we've always wondered like, you know, how did we go from clones to stormtroopers? And, and now we're seeing that almost step by step. But yeah. If, if, if people have any interest in the upcoming Ahsoka series, which is going to be in the same time frame as the Mandalorian, um, in fact, there was a pretty important cameo in last week's Mandalorian episode that kind of hints towards that um, with a certain alien that showed up. But um, mm-hmm. if you want to, if you're, if you want to want to watch Ahsoka, you're going to, you're going to almost need to have watched Rebels because I think the Ahsoka series is really going to continue the storyline of Rebels. I mean, we've, we've gotten there was a Rebels basically there's a Rebels character that showed up last week on the Mandalorian in a short cameo yeah. so i i think that's what's coming but now, as far as it, go ahead it, it, if thrawn shows up in ahsoka i might start cheering for the empire man all right <laughs> well i'm just I, gonna I, say i i have i i have a theory about that but i, I don't know if we want to sidetrack into that too much but i i i actually think thrawn and, and ezra might actually be working together but um yeah you know, I, I, I just finished the second book in the new Thrawn trilogy, and I'm about to start the third one. Um, I have a feeling you might be right on that theory. <laughs> I haven't read this third one yet, so I'm about to start it here in the next month or so. Okay, well, I, I, won't, I won't spoil it for you, but yeah. I hope not. I hope not, because I haven't read it yet. And that would be uh, this one right here, Thrawn, Thrawn Treason. So Yes. So anyway, um, okay. So yeah, I, I, I agree with you. I think, I think, I think we're going to get a little bit, I know, I know we're kind of getting off the bad batch, but that's fine. I mean, it's star Wars. It's all right here together. And it, it's, <laughs> well, they're, they're all interconnected now, which is so, so beautiful. Right. Right. And it's, it's, it's like, you know, you know, the, the, uh, it's not like a multi-universe. I mean, it is the universe. I mean, there's so much going on with these episodes and you, you're, I'm sitting here going, Oh my gosh. I remember this back from Rebels. Oh my gosh, I remember this back from mm-hmm. the Thrawn book. Oh my gosh, I remember this back from Andor. And so, and I mean, just, you're, you're sitting there like, hey, that guy was in Rogue One. I mean, there's there's a guy at the summit. Yes. Like, hey, I know him from Rogue One. Right, exactly. So, um, yeah, it's it's all happening. It's all coming together. And yeah. I, I like I said, I think Lucasfilm or Dis under Disney is you know we had the movies. They are what they are. Everybody has their opinion on them. All right. Um, but I really feel like they're s- starting to hit their element with what they're doing uh, with these series here. Absolutely. So you want um, you kind of want to talk about the kind of, you know, I was talking about how this is kind of the Empire Strikes Back season. So you want to get into a little bit of the I am your father moment from this season? Uh, yeah, let's get into a little bit of that. I am your father. Okay, so she comes in. She's been taken. Uh, Omega has. And uh, uh, she's on this uh, secret facility where they are doing some research or testing on clones. And hold on. I think that a lot of this is going to tie in with what we had in The Rise of Skywalker. My opinion. All right. You know what I'm talking about with the cloning and things like yep, that yep, and expanding yep. the research. And yep. because they're at the end, they asked the camera. Oh, what's her name? Now let's um, say 
Yeah, now so they asked her, you know what the emperor wants? And she's like, what he seeks is yes. impossible. Yes. And you're, I'm just sitting there going, oh my gosh, I know what he's seeking. I know what he wants. Yep. Um, so, but she goes in there, crosshair is lying on the table along with all these other clones that are in there. And in walks, God, I'm drawing a blanket on my names tonight. Uh, the scientist, uh, the Emmy Carr. Yes. Okay. So she walks in and she says, you know, don't you trust me? It's, it's amazing how you'll trust her, but you won't trust me. And she, Omega's like, I don't know you. And right. she goes, we are sisters. And because Omega is a clone, by the way. Yes. And a female uh, clone of Jango Fett. Right. And now you're sitting here going, well, wait a minute. <laughs> you're a clone. Do and my, here's my question: Does the Empire know she's a clone? That that's an interesting question. Um, I would think I would think Hemlock would know. Um, I would I, think so. Yeah, I I just because if she's a clone, she's been she didn't Omega clearly doesn't have the age acceleration, but. Emmy right. Carr would, but I I wonder if we're if we're being a little too too quick to jump to the clone conclusion. Right, right. I wonder mm. could Emmy Carr instead be the natural child of Jango Fett? Oh, perhaps even I, even even the child of Zam Wessel. Because in the, in the in the books, there was clearly more of a relationship there, which adds this gravitas to him having to kill her in attack mm. of the clones. Yeah. But um, in the comics and stuff in the books, they've kind of hinted at a relationship there. So I, I wonder if people are jumping too quickly to the clone conclusion. You know, you, you, you could be onto something because I mean, that's exactly where I went and I'm like, of course it's, it's fresh on my mind. I haven't given it a lot of thought, but you might be onto something right that. I mean, I'd be interested to hear what some of our other Star Wars fans out there think, like John Audie or some of those out there. Yes. Or Jason Joyner. Anybody that's yes. watched this, Josh Smith, you know, comment and let us know what you guys think because, um, yeah, I didn't think about that, but you might you might be right. You know, I do think if it is revealed that, that Emmy Carr is a clone, then she's a genetically modified clone. And I oh, wonder, definitely. I wonder if she will end up helping Crosshair and Omega escape, and then as a genetically modified clone, she would fit and perhaps take the place of someone we think we lost um, in the Bad Batch. So I guess, I guess, where are you on the on the hashtag Tech Libs? Um, it was interesting that he had his goggles there at the end. Yes. Um. I was horrified. I'll be honest with you. I mean, I, I, I knew it was going to happen. Um, it had that moment where it's just like the story demands that somebody die here in this moment. Mm -hmm. And, you know, you could see that the writers knew that. And I, and I appreciate it. The question is, is there a way out for him where he lives? And my my only my only problem is is if you do that, it's got to be explained right. 
Yeah. Uh, because I otherwise, I my my opinion is is he, he's dead. Yes. But I also think that if you bring him back and somehow he miraculously is alive, now whether if they bring him back as a cyborg or something like that, that's one thing. Right. But if you just bring him back and he's being held prisoner, I'm gonna feel like I got an emotional cheat. Mm-hmm. Um, personally, I think he's dead. I think if they bring him back, it's got to be in some sort of cybernetic type of of, yeah. of character um, in a way that's right. not really him anymore. And 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 I'll go I'll go into a little bit of why why I don't think they'll go that route. I just want to I just want to take a second to say, Tech was my favorite clone. I, I was literally mm-hmm. like working on um, a cosplay for Realm Makers Awards Night that was going to be a Tech. It was going to be a full on <laughs> Tech three D printed cosplay, kind of like what Carrie did with master chief um but i just realized i didn't have enough time that's a year-long project but anyway <laughs> i mean look think about tech tech is smart tech is great mm-hmm. with computers and tech he's socially awkward and he's fiercely loyal to his family or his squad let me just say i saw a lot of myself in tech <laughs> <laughs> and it's like so when he when he when he fell like that hit me really really hard but yeah. there, there's a couple reasons why why a I think he's I think he's dead dead, and I also don't think they're going to go the cyborg route. Um, I don't think they're going to go the cyborg route because I think that would be too close to what they did with Echo. I don't know if you remember, mm-hmm. but Echo was lost at the Citadel, presumed dead in the explosion of the shuttle, and then of course we discover that he's actually you know on Skeko Minor. He's been cyborged up. You know he's helping the 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 separatists, and of course the batch goes in there and frees him. So I think to do that again, I know Star Wars is about rhymes and echoes and stuff. Echo. Yeah. Um, but I just think it would be too similar to Echo's story. And I really think I really think Echo is is the reason why Tech had probably Tech had to die. If you step back, I mean we're both writers, so you step back and you think about it from a writer perspective for a minute. Echo and Tech are too similar as characters. Their skill sets how they solve problems. They're just, you can just, you could tell early on, like these guys are kind of the same, the same problem solver. So I thought they had solved that when Echo went off with them. Like, okay. So they're just going to, they're going to take Echo out of the squad by having him go off with Rex, but then he comes back. And so I think because of that, the fact that they're just too similar, I don't think they're going to, I don't think they're going to bring him back. Um, yeah, and then the cyborgum would just be too much like Echo's own story. So I don't think they're going to repeat that. I kind of had a feeling that something was going to happen because they were really uh, starting to play up him and Omega's uh, relationship there oh, yeah. towards the end. Well, and, and not only that, but but Tech and Fee. Yes, I was going to say that when they're when they're there. Um, uh, remind me of the planet, the city. Uh, they're on Pabu. Yeah, Pabu. Okay, so, space Greece. Uh, space yeah, Greece. Space, that's exactly <laughs> what it is. Um, I wouldn't mind living there. I'll be honest with you. Um, but yeah, they've played. You know, she's like, "Aren't you going to say goodbye?" And he's like, yeah. "No." But you can tell there's this relationship, and so I'm kind of, you know. I don't know. I mean, it was gut wrenching. I don't think they're going to bring him back in any way. Yeah, like, I, like you said, it would just it would just be a it'd be, be it'd be cheap. Yeah, cheap. That's the word. 
Yeah, and I mean, you 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 just had everybody have this uh, emotional connection, um, you know, with this character where you know, but you could see it it, it was time, it was necessary for that story yep. to move forward in that moment. And, and it uh, makes sense how you know, they've been. You look back at faster. You look back at all these like um, the crossing. Like they had really been building up. You were we were spending a lot of time yeah. getting to really flesh out his character. And the last line that he gave: "When have oh. we ever? When have we ever followed orders?" Oh, <laughs> slay me with six words, man! Oh my oh. gosh! And I just sit there and I go. Oh my God. I mean, it, and that's just, that was it. I mean, it was, this was some of the most, this was some brilliant, brilliant writing. I think the Bad Batch has been one of the most brilliant written episodes and or as well, but Bad Batch just for the way they're doing it with these little episodes and little missions. And I mean, they are hitting all the right notes uh, emotionally connection wise, uh, yes. world building. Yes. Um, standalone adventure series character building unbelievable character unbelievable. building and it's not it's not just the bad patch you got rex you got cody you got all these uh, in, all the individuals on the empire side too that yeah. they're building up outside of just target hemlock's you know, that's a great why, villain oh the hemlock is a perfect villain and you know and then it's just you, you're starting to see that, and that's what I said about these street level characters. When I say that, I'm talking about these these characters that you would think nothing of it, but then you get there and you're just like, I want more of this character, and the next thing you yes. know, they're dead. Yeah. And it's not just that they're killing them off just for to have something to kill off, but it, it every death that has served in this this season has served to move the story in the right direction, in my opinion. Absolutely, and um, so. And can we can we just take a moment because the the writing's been amazing. Can we just take a moment to appreciate Kevin Kiner's work on the score? It's oh like my gosh! Every single week, it was a different genre of music. It was a different right. mood. I mean, he did western. He did techno. I mean, the you. I mean, he was just he was in his element. It was it was just an amazing range, and each score like it perfectly fit the episode, even though yeah. it was radically different from what he had done just the week before. So, Kevin Kiner just deserves all kind of kudos for his work on on the, on the music. So artistically, from the writing to the music, the animation. I mean, just don't 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 not watch it just because oh it's animation. It's the kids thing. Like yeah. Bad Batch is really good. Yeah, you know, and I know, I know people, and this is what I'm saying. I just, this is where Disney's hitting their sweet spot, and 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 I know a lot of people didn't like Kenobi. Kenobi was popcorn fiction. It was it was fan service. It was just, you know, we enjoyed it. I loved it, but I because I wanted to see it, and and I yep. want to see more yep. of Kenobi. But I think what they're doing with Andor, what they're doing with Bad Batch, what they've done with Rebels. Um, all these things with Mandalorian, I think they're hitting their sweet spot. And I am with... so excited for Ahsoka, dude. <laughs> oh, I am too. As I a Rebels, too. as I'm a like... Rebels fan, I just uh, I'm so excited for what they're going to do with, with with Ahsoka. I want to see Thrawn, but yes, you know. he's coming. He's I know coming. He is. I know Thrawn. Thrawn, Thrawn is, is hands down makes me want to cheer for the Empire. I mean, really. <laughs> I mean, the guy is such a awesome and amazing character 
and you just sit there and you think about his tie defender program. Yeah. You think about, I mean, had they just followed Thrawn, the Battle of Endor would have been won by the Empire. Yeah. <laughs> so, well, and the whole reason but, he wasn't he wasn't at the summit was it was that that summit is happening in 19 BBY, 19 years before what we call Star Wars or A New Hope, and. Thrawn's not that, you know, he's still working his way up. The TIE Defender program doesn't yeah. start until until two years before the Battle of Yavin, so it's just too soon yeah. for that. Yeah, so. All right, man, well, uh, I I love this, folks. Go watch The Bad Batch. Go watch Bad Batch Season 1, Season 2. Watch some Do Rebels. It. Watch some Andor, and then go read Book 1 of the new Thrawn trilogy. And you Timothy Zahn's so an more. amazing writer. Oh yeah, just and he's hitting all the right beats too. I mean, with this new series, and and I get it. I, I'm partial to Heir to the Empire and Dark Force Rising and all the, the you know the original trilogy. That's yep. one of my favorites. But, Got right behind me on the shelf. <laughs> right here. So yep, got the got the box set. Uh, my mother-in-law got that for me uh, for Christmas because I had lost my original set. Uh, I don't know if you can I, see I got, them there. They're right there on the on that shelf behind me. That's all of them in the the originals. Yeah, I recognize. You know, so then that's what I had. I and but you know, with college and stuff and moving as a single guy, somehow yep. I lo- I lost them. And oh I just, no! I, and I never replaced them. Oh. And you know. You know, for, I kept seeing them on the shelf, the Essential Legends. So, you know, with, with Christmas rolling around this year, I didn't want people really spending a lot of money on me. Oh, like, yeah. you know, You know, inflation, stuff like that. And I'm like, look, I don't need anything. And so I told them, I was like, look, I'll put some books out there on Amazon, there on a wish list, and they're on sale. And if you want to go spend like 30 bucks and go get me some a book, I'm cool with that. And she found a really good deal on this and, uh, and got it for me. And, and, and honestly, <laughs> that's what I tell people. I like, you know, um, uh, if I want something, I'll go buy it. But yeah, yeah that's, here, that's it, my problem too. It's like, if I want something I've, I've bought it. So I was like, uh, yeah, yeah I if, I, if it's my birthday, Christmas, go buy me a book. You will be my best friend for a year. Yeah, All right. <laughs> exactly. So, all right, everybody, we've beat this to death. Um, uh, it is uh, exciting to be here. We are going to begin uh, streaming some of these on YouTube via video. This is the first one I have recorded with a new software on with video. So uh, if you're listening to the audiobook version, these will be coming out, or not audiobook, <laughs> if you're listening to the audio uh, version on you know Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google, where, wherever you're listening. Uh, these will eventually be coming out on YouTube as a stream in, in streaming, so you can watch us live. And uh, I don't think Ted and I have picked our noses tonight, but uh, if we have, we apologize. I'll try to dress um, up a little more next time. I, <laughs> I <laughs> dude, I, I came out from working in the garden, and there you go. Uh, I, I'm, I'm like, I'm, I'm still a little dirty, man. So. <laughs> <laughs> I'm cool. It's cool. All right, everybody. This has been Geeky Dads talking about geeky things. I'm JJ. This is Ted. And that is a wrap.